Today we talk punk, progress and positivity as we chat to Esther Crow on Benny Asking People Questions. My next guest is a total right girl at heart. She has lived her musical life embodying the punk life and messaging and is very comfortable in the world of confrontational conversations and loud guitar to accompany it. However, recently she made a gentle step sideways and released her first children's album, All Together Now, which even though aimed itself at a younger audience, still holds strong to all that punk notions that exist in its creator's career. Its messaging is sharp its delivery is raw and above all it's just honest i'm very excited to have her join me today so put your hands your your you know digital hands together um for esther crow hi esther thanks for joining me all the way from i believe the lower east side is that correct no actually diagonal from that the upper west side (laughs) not as cool not as cool as the lower east side but you know still still pretty cool yeah i mean (laughs) i i guess from sydney australia you know having it was it was always going to be fraught with danger having a bit of a stab at it so um (laughs) no worries um, thanks benny now, before we go too deeply into it, I mean, it is it is a very honest album. I think um, even with all the strong messaging, it, it's not forced. It does feel like it comes from a place that's, that's a genuine honesty for you. Um, is this you. is this accidental or is this just how you craft things? <laughs> well, hmm, let's see here. And thank you for that Uh introduction you know i listened to some of your other podcasts so i was excited to see what (laughs) words you would spin together for me because um wow you just really have a way with with writing introductions for people and really delving into people's um material so thank you for that um i mean let me see how do i answer that question i don't know i don't know if i consciously think about being honest when I write, if that's kind of what you're asking. Or... Yeah, I, I guess with, I, I guess particularly in the children's genre, there's a there's a habit of kind of going, okay, I would like to write a song about, or this is what I want to say, and which is fine, but there is often, often you can hear that. You can hear that when it when it's when it's sort of played out. It sort of feels a bit. Um, I don't think contrived is a fair word, but it doesn't often. It feels like it's coming from a different place rather than just from the heart. Whereas the thing about this album is, I kind of, I, I don't know. I just really felt like it was you. I just felt like it it was potentially a very easy album that just kind of poured out of you because you had the things you wanted to say. Thank you. Uh, well. Yeah, um, you know, I had written a lot of the songs just organically when I started doing um, some solo shows. And uh, I don't know if you know about my band Thunder and Sunshine, but actually uh, this was my, you're right that this was my my solo album, was my first, um, you know, solo endeavor for children's music. But then before that I had a six-person band we never really broke up but we just weren't very active anymore and then covid hit and it just became easier to do so was that children that was children's music yeah thunder and sunshine so i wrote all those songs and put this band together with fabulous new york city musicians um oh my goodness i'm i'm devastated that that 
that slid past me. I'm, about, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hang up and call you back. That's just inexcusable. How did I miss out? I, I spent yesterday listening to um to your other band. Like I listened oh, to because like I all, sent you the electric mess yeah, link. Yeah, I listened to like six albums of that, and, and here it was, there's a whole other kids <laughs> band. I just didn't even touch the sides. Oh, anyway, okay, I'll I'll get over myself. Go on. So yes, yeah, so your, dessert, your dessert later on tonight. Um. <laughs> Anyway, well, I didn't mean to even really segue into that, except to say that, um, uh, I mean, I so I, I wrote a handful of songs uh, that, yeah, were just sort of organic because I was doing these monthly, or it was like every two weeks downstairs, I have a bookstore, um, no longer, but there was a children's bookstore downstairs, and so it was almost like an open mic for me to test out some new materials. So songs like Waddle Duck, um, Johnny the Cat. I started just, you know, singing these songs, sort of like an open mic type thing and testing yeah. it out uh, with audiences. And also I do park shows a lot because um, I live near two parks. So I already had a handful of these songs about animals written. And um, I'm, I'm trying to get to your, your question because I think kind of what you mean is that some, a lot of artists, a lot of children's artists, um, and I learned this sort of late, seem to have a theme first for their mm. album. Mm. They have an mm. idea, like a big idea for an album, and then they're able to sort of map out the songs and write the songs. I didn't do that with this. Mm. <laughs> I had a handful of songs and then COVID hit and I was like, huh, all right, maybe this is a good time to record uh, a solo album, but I need more material. So I wanna say approximately half the songs were written um, and half weren't. So I had to scramble and write these other songs. And then I realized, oh, I need, I need some kind of a theme. Cause I don't really, you know, what, what can the songs that I've already written, what can those along with these other songs. And when I was writing the new songs, I knew I wanted to write along the lines of, um, environmental, environmentally conscious songs and, um, you know, maybe a social justice song or two. Here's a little fishy swimmy, 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 swimmy. Here's a little fishy swimmy, swimming on by. And a little froggy jumping, 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 jumping. And a little froggy jumping, jumping on by. So then it became, you know, some of these kind of more in um, these sort of deeper songs, more thoughtful songs, maybe for a little slightly older uh, audience combined with these songs that were just fun and funny about animals. <clears throat> and I figured, well, you know what? This can sort of fall under a bigger umbrella theme of, um, you know, that includes plant life, animal life, uh, people all together now, mm -hmm. uh, environmental, environmentally, socially uh, conscious songs. So that's sort of what I did <laughs> yeah and and look I, I know it probably doesn't feel like it but that answers the question perfectly I mean I think I think what you're saying before is 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 there is this tendency to start with a theme um whereas you just looked at what you had and went okay well what is this what's what's clearly just coming out of me whether I'm conscious of it or not it's and it's and it was that bigger theme. Um, <clears throat> obviously within that theme, I mean, you've got something to share with this album and it is essentially about nature and protection of nature, but it also feels a bit like it's it's sort of a celebration of the things we have rather than the need to have different things. I mean, uh, it's 
on the surface it feels like it's about protecting things and protecting what we have but then sort of deeper down it kind of just feels like you're saying just just calm down look at what's around us we don't need all this other stuff does that kind of feel yeah. about right well maybe you're a soothsayer because <laughs> i'm actually writing more consciously along the lines that you're talking about right now for my next album <laughs> yeah, you, you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> Is this album a reflection of your own life? I mean, do you, do you, is it, is it a bit like, um, like particularly living in a place like New York City, which is, it's a, hey, it's busy, it's a, there's a lot of concrete. I mean, is it, is it, is it a celebration of the things you try to do in your own life? Or is it you also going, you know what, I feel like I miss this and I don't want other people to miss out on this kind of stuff. I mean, I, you know, it's it's hard for me over here in Australia because we're just, you know, I walk out the front and I fall over kangaroos and things that are running around. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of a little bit like, you know, is, is it an album of you, does it reflect the way you live or is it an album that makes you want to share the possibility of a different way of living? Uh, probably a little of both. Um, you know, I definitely have to practice what I preach, so to speak. So, mm. you know, a song like, uh, it's so easy being green. It's funny. I don't want to, I don't want this to sound, um, self-deprecating, but, um, I don't even know if that's the right term, but, you know, at, even just a couple months after I, I wrote it and I, or after I recorded it and then made a video and all that. Um, I think that's why I'm sort of thinking bigger for my next album because mm. I felt like, well, I'm saying things uh, that people are probably already doing or it's already been, you know, there's already so much good, um, so many good kids songs out there already that mm. have this similar message. Am I just being redundant? Like I'm not really saying anything that nobody, you know, that people don't already know. Um, but if you look at it another way, you can't uh, ever have too many reminders about these things, I guess. Right. No, right ab absolutely. Um, and they, cause you're a teacher as well, aren't you? Is that correct? Oh, you were a yeah. teacher? Right now I'm teaching independent classes. Well, not right now because it's cold. I was teaching classes in the park independently, but um, but yeah, oh, great. I taught, taught at a couple of different schools before and yeah. And do you, I mean, is, is, is part of the, I mean, because I guess the other thing about a teacher is you often look around at what's available and you do see gaps. You do see things in curriculum. You do see things in resources that you kind of go, why is it so hard for me to find these things? I mean, has that did that have any impact on the the things you a have said or the things you want to say? I mean, do you find yourself with children thinking, how come you don't know about this stuff, and how do I share it with you? Um, let me see. I mean, not so much that. Although I will say, you know, as the years have gone on. Because compared to some other children's artists that you know and you've interviewed yourself, um, I guess you could say, I don't think I could call myself new anymore, but, mm. you know, to this particular genre. I mean, I've been writing and performing music for years and years, but mm. 
for kids music let's see i mean the thunder and sunshine album came out in 2017 i started writing but, but for the sake of this interview we'll never discuss that ever again or talk about <laughs> that that <laughs> Because we're just going to pretend oh, that. Benny, I feel so bad. I thought, you know, the only reason I didn't send you the the Thunder and Sunshine website is because it's it's horribly outdated right now. In fact, I think I'm going to discontinue the the website itself. But anyway, I'm so sorry. Okay, so maybe uh, no, not at all. Maybe it's, maybe maybe it's a good thing then that I didn't. Uh... <laughs> it's so easy being green. seems to be blooming now it, uh-huh. it does it does feel quite new it, it feels like you're for the lack of a better term new on this scene um, yes I am and you know it's funny because um during the during 2020 when everybody was yeah. shuttered indoors that's really when I got to know a lot of people mm. and um and not just a lot of people and, you know, making these connections in the community, but um, a lot of people's music that I didn't know. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, so, and of course, you know, there's been a lot of uh, talk about uh, being more inclusive mm. and opening up more opportunities for um, musicians of color and all that. And um, I will say that those are the things that I found kind of lacking. <laughs> But maybe not, maybe not even consciously. It wasn't until I started making these connections with people and started going to like anti-racist meetings and, um, you know, how to just be more active and um, anti-racist in, you know, your intentions and in your, like when you're out there in the world and you're putting music out there and you see that there's there should be more of an opportunity for others and what is on the bookshelves and what is in the lesson plans that teachers are, um, are teaching. I, I don't think any of that was ever really even conscious. And I think yeah. um, to, me, to me, until I started making a lot of these connections and, and realizing, Oh, wait a second, there's a whole world of music that I I'm not familiar with at all. Yeah, no, it's it's tr- it's really true and it's really common, but I think it also particularly highlights just uh, to a certain degree how not not unsupported, but it is, but it is, it's hidden quite a lot. And and you know, particularly coming from Australia, where if you talk about children's music here, it is fundamentally the Wiggles, and that's yeah. that's fine. I mean, you, you, it's it's you know you cannot begrudge them they have done their work and they've done it incredibly well but there is this incredible subculture of music over here that's made for children that ranges from family music that is just all about permaculture or um there's bilingual music i mean there is so much here yeah i'm starting to discover that but, as well. but you don't know about it until you are kind of like you're saying forced in a situation to actually look around and and i guess it highlights like when you're talking you're going back to my question about being a teacher is is it's it's perhaps not that there the resources aren't there it's just the resources that are most pertinent or most useful just simply aren't aren't celebrated aren't lifted up 
Exactly. Well, one thing that's exciting is that I'm working with a group of people um, from the children Children's Music Network. We have these monthly oh, anti-racist meetings, um, anti-racism meetings in children's media and education and all that. And one of the things that we're working on, I mean, the education group right now, <clears throat> there's an education group, there's a radio media group, there's a um, environmental racism group and a and a group about venues um, and just how we can create more uh, opportunities for BIPOC um, musicians. And that is one of the things in the, the education group is working on is uh, there's a Google doc and just how we can help teachers and educators and librarians mm -hmm. create, you know, lesson plans and resources for them to go to when there's yeah. um, a certain topic at hand or, you know, Black History Month is coming up February, which I have mixed feelings about that anyway, because every month should be Black History Month, but, you know, sure, or like sure. Indigenous People's Day, you know, whenever there's any kind of opportunity for um, teaching and a lesson plan for kids. So anyway, I'm part of that team that's... Yeah, great. What about the animals? Sponsor an endangered species. What about the ocean? Organize a beach cleaning day. What about my neighborhood? Volunteer in your community garden. What about my friends? Gather your friends. Make it a trend. Say and I'm guessing that will inform the next album as well, won't it? That'll that'll come in heavily to the things you want to say. Somewhat, yeah. I'm I'm um I'm mapping out, yeah, definitely. I'm mapping out right now. I'm, I'm going about this album so differently because <laughs> I told you the last one felt a little haphazard, uh, although Fair. I think it it came all together now at the end. <laughs> but, you know, in the beginning, I didn't intend for a theme. But for this one, I definitely, I just sat down one day and I mapped out. I even just came up with, I have so much more to write, but I came up with mm. even even a title for it, and then uh, a list of the songs. Subject to change, but yeah, yeah. But a lot of it continue along the lines of environmental social justice. So. But I guess again, that also just goes back to the idea that you you usually and and I I completely did the same thing where you do the first album. The first album is usually based around your own internal perception of what you think should or could be said or what you think you know is important and then you find just and then as a result of that you find yourself in this bigger community that you go wow okay there's this other thing I didn't know and you know what I actually resonate with a lot of this stuff so I need to now I guess yeah just shift the, my my ideals and ideas about what children's entertainment is um Let's just a sidetrack to the actual, just the, the music and things itself. Um, in 2020, you were saying it was a pretty tricky year for, oh, tricky is not even the right word. It was a pretty <laughs> tumultuously held few years. But in that time, you managed five clips, two albums, including the Electric Mess 5, uh, all in 2020. So are you are you just exhausted? Well, uh, the big bummer with the Electric Mess release was it was released 
April, I think it was like April 17th, 2020. It was just such a, I mean, I'm not alone, whatever, because a lot of musicians were suffering the same thing. Mm. A ton of people had releases right around the beginning of COVID and I still haven't been paid back. We still haven't been paid back for our European tour tickets, which is a real bummer. Oh, <laughs> we were going to go to Europe for the third time, fourth time, fourth time. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. So am I exhausted? And um, it's just a lot. It's a lot of work. That's a very busy. That's a, that's a busy year. Yeah. Like, and I guess in a year when, I guess the emotional peaks were pretty extreme particularly in your country particularly in america yeah yeah um yeah i mean you know i think and this might sound cliche at this point because i think a lot of people are saying this and a lot of people experience the same thing as what i'm about to say but the reinvention you know you had to sort of figure out what you're going to do with without being able to perform live um i admitted to you before we went live here i'm a technophobe i'm not proud of that i'm really trying to get over that i have gotten better i have because i've been forced to yeah. but um i learned how to edit an iMovie i mean that's like a monkey <laughs> a monkey could do that but <laughs> i was very proud of myself um but uh but yeah, I mean, a lot of good things came out of it, you know? I mean, my family really helped me. I have an eight-year-old son, Vincent, mm. who's a musician. He, he's a multi-instrumentalist. I mean, he blows me out of the water. Yeah. My husband is also a multi-instrumentalist. The two of them really helped me with the last set of songs that I wrote for my solo album. Uh, they helped me with... Um, the instrumentation on the recording. Wow, really? And, yeah. And then that... we ended up playing here. We did, we got to get back into this, but sometimes we fight a lot, which is a problem. <laughs> but like, we were doing, you know, these cute little um, videos that we would put up on Instagram and Facebook of us jamming. We would call them the Crow Family Jams. And so that really kept us, you know, that buoyed us through these really mm. depressing dark times especially the winter months hey johnny hey johnny you're orange and you're white and you got soccer hey johnny hey johnny you crouch and you play and you like to purr and sometimes you like to run and sometimes you Well, I was actually going to ask about Vincent because he's he's in a couple of Eclipse, obviously. I mean, when when he originally, when you originally talked to him about being in Eclipse, it was one of those moments where he just was like, oh, for the, for, no, can't leave me alone, mum. Or, or was he like pretty sold on it pretty early on in the piece? Or was he... Um, if you were talking about... a treat and a couple of bit of coaxing to, <laughs> to yeah. come along. Well, he's, he's funny because, um, you know, he's an amazing musician, but he's not... And he can be a ham, and I try to coax that out of him. I think there's an actor in there, you know. I mean, I'm an actor. Um, 
But yeah, sometimes it's like we just did an Instagram, a very quick Instagram live on Sunday. Now, what's funny is I didn't even plan on having him be a part of it. You yeah, because he just, now he now plays with you, doesn't he? I mean, he he actually goes on stage yeah. with you. Or? In the summer, it was really fun because we did a big, the biggest show I did this summer was on um, at Pier One, which was um, which is on Seventieth Street, right mm-hmm. right on the Hudson River. It was very cool. I was like, you know, big stage, and it was a lot of fun. And I had my husband Dan and Vincent accompany me so wow. Dan played um I think he mostly played bass actually and then Vincent played mandolin mostly and I played guitar wow. and it was great so yeah we did most of the songs from the album um and so I would love to sort of continue in that you know they're cheap so you know that's the benefit of having your family help. You. Yeah, they never they they never get around to invoicing you, and it's it's fine. So yeah, totally totally understand that. Um, I was kind of this has been said a few times about this album, but I was generally surprised by the variety of the musical of the genres in there. I mean, look, being a self confessed punk performer that you are, and I heard it's so easy being green. And I kind of just settled it. I mean, actually, the, the little intro at the start, the groove in the intro at the start, I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> but then, you know, when I got to um, It's Easy Being Green, I just kind of went, okay, this is kind of what I'm expecting from this album. And it was great and I loved it and it had all that emotion, as I was said in the intro, about the rawness and the honesty. And I was like, this is awesome. Sat down, got comfortable, made myself a coffee and went, this will, this will be good because, you know, that's the, I guess, the late 40-year-old version of a beer. So I sat down with my coffee. Um, but then I, the next song, I just kind of went, okay, this is clearly not what's happening in this album. And then I got to the third song, I went, this is clearly not what's happening in this album um is is that is that a is that a is that at the writing stage or is that at the producing stage like i mean how did you i don't know how did you stumble into having such variety in it you know what benny that's me i'm a mess and i (laughs) i when we titled the i i pretty much um you know named the electric mess with the help of uh, one of the other people who originally started the band, we were bouncing ideas off uh, of each other. And yeah, so anyway, my point being the electric mess and my mother always hated that name because she's like, why do you want the title of your band to have the word mess in it? And I said, well, mom, you're looking at mess as a negative. Yeah. I don't think mess is a negative at all. It's a mess of different yeah. um, influences. Mm. and I'm kind of all over the place and and I in a maybe a good way but maybe not so good a way I I don't know I a lot of times I criticize myself for this because um I yeah I just it's almost like I feel like I'm greedy I want to swallow it all up I just Mm. I like too many things and all these things are (laughs) in the air and I want them all to be a part of this and uh so it's I'm influenced by a lot of different kinds of music, and see now you really do have to listen to Thunder and Sunshine because there's a rap on there, there's a disco number on there. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs>
It's also a pretty common thing in children's music. I think if there's a real liberation in what you and the expectations are, like, I mean, a hot mess album, hot mess, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> an electric mess album, um, an electric mess album of, you know, jazz, then going to folk, then going to, you know, blue, whatever. It's not going to cut it for the audience, you know. They're there because they're after a certain thing. Whereas I think children's music really actually does enable you to do that it it, it it celebrates the the ability to go hey these are all going to be listened let's face it in spotify playlists as individual songs so let's just do it how we want to do it so i don't know it was really i was really surprised and really pleasantly it was just it was such a i was really excited for it to be this acoustic punk kind of album um and was just even more surprised and joyous over this idea that it just wasn't it wasn't that and um yeah it was it was really it's great really so there's no question in there it's no question yeah. at all i'm just purely telling you how much i enjoy it feature of this album is is your narrators so you know debbie and freddie and moonies um but but it's kind of strange because they don't they're they're great and they and they and they definitely help the narrative along but they're not they're not necessarily necessary if that makes any sense like i did um often when people use that narrative kind of form with characters they're, they're really intrinsically deeply entrenched in what the journey of that album is yeah. and I was kind of trying to latch on to like it's as I said like the grooves underneath them alone are worth having them there but um but I just sort of got to the end and went look they're really lovely and they're great but what from your perspective what was what were you what what's what were you hoping for with having them are they going to be ongoing through all your work or did it just feel easier to gel the songs with them um I think what I was kind of going for, I, I wanted to have kind of a comedic element there mm-hmm. to bind the songs together, uh, interstitial bits, sort of Muppet show type. Yeah, uh, sure. Miller. <laughs> but, um, and I actually have to give the writing credit to some of those jokes, probably the majority of those to, to Dan, my husband. Um, not that they're like, you know, big belly laugh jokes, but they're cute. And they're, they're coming from the perspective of these, of these animal puppets. The animal puppets are, um, are in my work with children. They're with classes. They're in my, in my shows. So I guess you, you wouldn't know that. I mean, they're also drawn on the, um, album by the wonderful Elena Fox on the back of the album. Um, but, um, I guess, that is so they, they have, that, you know, so, unless you really know my work. Yeah. Really so they, they have quite a quite an extensive existence outside of just the, the audio yeah. listening of the album. Okay, great. Um, and I, talk- can't, yeah. I can't think of when I thought of incorporating them, but I don't remember when I came up with that idea, but I thought it would be cute. It was kind of a last-minute idea. 
and the and the music i'm glad that you liked it so well the the music behind uh you know the sort of soundtrack music behind um the the puppet bits were all individual compositions which are really fun to come up with especially with dean jones the wonderful producer um, yeah i was going to get to dean we'll get to him in a minute um yeah, I mean, there's something beautiful about just going, I've got 40 seconds to fill and I don't need to do anything specific other than just make it cool 40 seconds. Is this thing on? Oh, <clears throat> Hello, everyone. I'm Bernie the Bee. I'm Oliver Owl. Debbie the Duck here. And I'm Frederico Frog. All together now. No, 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 we're introducing the album. Oops. Welcome to Esther Crow's album, All Together Now. It's all about animals. Like us and our planet. Um, talking about the jokes, it is impossible for me to talk about this album without talking about your, in the Oliver and Munice interstitial, <laughs> you exclaim with surprising grace that Muniz is on their way to the North American Conference for the Effect of Flatulence on the Environment. <laughs> now, I want to address this because you do something quite extraordinary here, um, Esther. Not only do you address a very real, serious environmental problem, you also manage to get one of the most beautifully terrible jokes ever by Oliver who replies with sounds like a gas followed by a fart joke now this is a very serious question um it's a really big topic that one and is a topic that isn't often talked to children about that just the problem of cow farting is a real risk to our environment and you've now, and you've sort of squashed it down to forty-eight seconds, and had like a couple of nice little dad jokes either side. Um, that's yeah. I mean, that's strictly for the parents, of course. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It's so great. I just got to it. And went well. There you go. That's, that's even... also why. Yeah. I mean, I should add that was that was another reason. Uh, I think most of the interstitial puppet bits are really like the Muppet show. There's a lot of inside jokes that are really there just for the parents. Yeah. Because you want the parents to enjoy the experience of listening to the album. Too. It's, a, it's a big topic though. It must have been hard not to want to write a song about it. And let's face it, cow cow farts. I mean it would well, be pre- it would be a pretty it would be pretty good. It'd be a good good song. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> next album or maybe you should tackle it yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, i'll think i'll be i might leave that one um bees beaver and bats bees beavers and bats all help the environment bees beavers and bats working hard Pollination across every nation and suburbs and cities contribute to biodiversity. Wowee! Planting a bee-friendly garden with flowers and plants that attract bees around them is something that you can do. It's true. Bees, beavers, and bats. Lucy Kalantari, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, how did that come about? Um, I, you know, I... (laughs) 
I don't even remember when I wrote that song, but when I did, it just kind of was just automatically a jazz song. And mm. so like, wow, this is a real jazzy song. I don't think I've really written a jazzy song. song yeah, it's this amazing. And, uh, and so, of course, I don't know, she just came right to mind. And she was just so lovely and uh, easygoing to work with and immediately said yes, which I was so thrilled and, about. And, and for, I'm not familiar with her. Is she quite an established children's artist in Yes. Oh, yes. York? Yeah, right. She's won two Grammys now. She produced um, Joni Leeds' Grammy oh, album. Of course, of course, yeah, of course, of course. And uh, and she's got, you know, some great albums of her own and won uh, a Grammy for one of her albums. So, yeah, mm. yeah, she's, she's great. We've seen her a couple of times um, uh, perform here. But, yeah, so I was I was really honoured that she mm. said yes. <laughs> and so what's talking about producing things, what's your relationship with Dean Jones? So how did how did you go about do you do you record stuff at home and send him things or do you go into his studio? How does it all work? We actually went there. Um, Amazing, which is unheard of in this day and age, <laughs> going into a studio. Yeah, yeah. We were extremely careful. He has, um, you know, he has uh, air ventilators and mm. were masked the whole time except for when I had to obviously sing. Mm. Um and yeah, it's it's a little crazy because we just were very efficient with our time. We took breaks, um, and I, yeah, I mean the whole thing was it was really a breeze and just so fun. And did he build the instrumentation, or did you go in with pretty strong ideas of how you wanted the songs to sound? There's some songs. Again, um, it's easy being green. I just feel you had a very clear vision on that. But then I guess bees, beavers, and um, bats. Yeah, like you say. Um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, Ken McGloin and Jason Sarubi uh, were our our musicians that he has worked with quite often. Uh, one is a stand-up bass player. The other is a fantastic guitar player, and he. He himself, Dean, um, you know, who's also a multi-instrumentalist mm -hmm. and vocalist, he played the drums on it. Um, so, yeah, he he built that song so beautifully for us. Um, my husband, Dan, played, um, you know, guitar and some bass on a lot of the album. Um, and, yeah, even though I had clear ideas you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned it's so easy being green because that's the one, and that's the one that we released first because I wanted that to come out on Earth Day, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. April something. Um, so that one I released as a single first before releasing the album. The album came out in June. And that one we had a little sort of last-minute stress about a little, like a little back and forth because... I, and I can't even remember the order of things now, but I think at first I wanted it to be a, a little lighter and more folky. And then I changed mm -hmm. my mind and I wanted it to be more punk rock. And so when he sent uh, one of the mixes, I didn't think it was like hard hitting enough. Um, 
and then so we had a we had a little bit of back and forth about that but was 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 this with um lucy singing on it already or was she oh no no i'm talking about it's so easy being green oh sorry <laughs> sorry 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 no, okay <laughs> yeah so that for the single yeah that came out on earth day um but yeah so that one uh I can't even remember now. I'd have to look back in my emails to 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 remember exactly what we ended. Yeah, up right. But 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 it was it was quite. Uh, why do you think that is? Is that was it? Was it one of the hardest songs on the album to get right from your perspective? You know, it might have been. Um, I think the pressure was on because it was the first song that I was mm. releasing. So maybe I just <clears throat> was overthinking it. I don't know. But in the end, and again, you know, I'm sorry, gosh, this middle-aged uh, memory here. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the, the I, know, right? I think, I think, oh, now I'm remembering, now I'm remembering. I think the issue was the drums. Um, and there wasn't even an issue. It was great. But I, I, we had a back and forth about like what, like, you know, how do we want the drums to sound on this? And ultimately what we ended up with you know i love but there was some back and forth on that mm. whereas there was other songs directly out of the can and pretty much i'm gonna say almost every other song on the album uh That's i was great. i mean especially i'm a muskrat we had yeah. no back and forth on that like he yeah. sent it and it was ready yeah, and it wow. was so much more than i could have even imagined like whatever magic dean added you know it was just oh my gosh it had that swampy rock feel exactly what i wanted without yeah. knowing that that's what i wanted interviews i might go searching for a line or a song that kind of speaks to the artist as a whole like usually there's there's a little secret in there that kind of says this is what the person's about and they <laughs> and what generally happens is i i convince them that that's what it's about <laughs> but um <laughs> oh i'm excited but, but i was listening i was listening to your music and and i and i found a line that kind of does this but sort of does it in an unexpected reason uh, or unexpected way that I normally bring it up. And it's from No One Gets Out Alive from the Electric Mess album. Um, it's from the song The Beast Is You. And there's a line, yeah, and there's a line that says, what's that over there coming down out of the sky? You better shoot it down. We're all going to die. Now, the reason I bring that up is not, necessarily for the lyric itself which was but, written by Derek Davidson oh really so that's his line yeah I mean it's it's that that the literally I look I, I love okay. the electric, I love the yeah. electric mess he looks like a well it's not a, really about the lyric the question anyway but um you know he looks like a psycho amazing um <laughs> now but the, but the reason I wanted to bring it up is because what it does and it wasn't so much the line, but it was the, I guess it's the harshness or the strength of that line. What, there's something about you that is actually really unique. Um, and 
and I think really is very is a very strong quality in you that you may not know you have is this ability to really differentiate differentiate yourself from both worlds. Now, what I mean by that is you 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 are you within both the worlds within your children's music and within your for the lack of a better term your adults music it's 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 there's no question that it's you but you're able to really separate yourself and have a clear distinction between what you're doing for children and then what you might be doing in your adult sphere and the reason why that's rare is quite what often happens is you i mean a really a really baseline example is a jazz musician will just make a jazz album for children. A classical person will make a classical album for children. A person who writes songs about, you know, predominantly fills their albums with unrequited love songs will sort of have a very emotional album. You know, there's there's a real arc between the two things. Whereas the reason I bring that up, that song, and just that lyric in particular, is just because it's 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 about as harsh the difference as I feel it gets, mm. but you've been able to really separate yourself between them really successfully, I feel, and I do, and I actually do think that's really rare. I don't think that's as easily done as perhaps you might think or perhaps what other people might think. I think it's really uncommon to be able to do that. And I guess the question around that is, is, I mean, are you are you conscious? Are you are you conscious that there is a space for you to get out a whole different part of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't know. Or is it or is it also just about being a teacher? I mean, being a teacher, you learn to put on a teacher face and teacher cap in certain environments, and then you take it off when you're in a different environment. But um, yeah, is yeah. is it? How do you how do you go about it? I guess I guess is 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 the question. If there is one, I mean, what's what's your belief in that? In in keeping very separate paths there. Um, I mean, I guess it comes down to again. I, I sometimes I just think of myself as as greedy. You know, like I just <laughs> I want to. I it's like a split personality thing. I want so many different things. Um. I mean, I don't even know if you know this about me, but I've done so many, I've done already so many different things in my life. I was a stand-up mm. comic, serious actor, you know, comedy actor, sketch comedy, music. Uh, but I even had another band project <laughs> when I first started. Finally. <laughs> and I did not. Yeah, I was like, this is just way too many splinterings. You know, I, I can't I can't control it all. So um, the electric mess, though, you know, we've been around for so long now. Um, uh, I don't know how much research you did, but in the old, old days of the electric mess, I was even dressing in drag. So mm. I was really able to. Um, release that sort of, um, actor, you know, uh, part of me. And, um, so yeah, I mean, they each serve their sort of, they, they each satisfy, I guess you could say a, a, a different side of my personality mm. with 
again is very splintered sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, but that, that answers it. I mean, you, you you feel really comfortable just you know, like you're saying, as an actor, I mean, you can walk in a room and there's five doors and you walk through a door and which, whatever you need to be on the other side of that door, that is who you are on the other side of that door. It's is a probably more difficult question which out of out of the two just if we just look at those two genres which one do you feel you identify more with is electric mess something that you think speaks more to your heart or is there just no there is no comparison between them they both serve equally uh yeah that is a hard question um you know i i'm still excavating and finding mm. I'm still finding myself. I mean, in some ways, it's almost embarrassing to say that because, uh, you know, I'm going to be 51 <laughs> next month. <laughs> mm. But I feel like it's still, a, it's, I'm looking at it optimistically, though, or in a positive light, which is, you know, hopefully I have a number of years left and life is a journey and mm. we are all works in progress. So, of course, I don't know exactly yet who I am. And, and that's not really what I'm trying to say. I know who I am, but, you know, it's back to this greediness. I just want more and more and more. And I want to consume more. I want to put out more art. I want to be inspired by as many more artists and musicians as I can and let that inform my work and... I mean, I don't know. We'll see what this next album has. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can see that in your, like in particular your Instagram stories and things. I mean, it, it has been a hell of a few years. Let's let's just be frank, particularly in your country with the pandemic, oh. with the political pile of nonsense you've had to deal with. Um, you know, there's been this the worldwide acknowledgement of things such as Black Lives Matter, global warming and so on and so forth. I mean, that yeah. just must fire you up. It must make you want to do more, you know. Yeah. Like I guess yes. if you're already if you already have a tendency to want to rise up against that and say something. Yeah. Then it's a little bit like um I have this theory where the the my last name's Thatcher and I'm not I don't I'm in no way relation to Margaret Thatcher and I probably would tell nobody <laughs> if I was um and you know a lot of the working class don't like Margaret Thatcher but my argument is the only thing about Margaret Thatcher is it produced the most extraordinary body of art out of that country in the late 70s <laughs> and early 80s doesn't excuse her behavior but what it did is it just ignited this thing in people mm -hmm. that just uh, was awaiting to be ignited. Who knows? I don't know what the, the answer to that is. Um, 
And it you really is true. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you, do you, I mean, I, and I kind of get the sense that that's kind of your vibe as well. You just sort of go, you know what, there's just so much to say right now. Where, yes. do, I, where do I find the time and where do I put it? Because ultimately sometimes you want to swear and go crazy over it. And then sometimes you just want to reach down to the younger people and go, here's just what we're going to do to make this a better thing. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it is true out of turmoil usually, and out of the most tumultuous times, usually a lot of great art gets creative mm-hmm. created. And, uh, you know, I recently saw, um, an interview with, uh, Angela Davis, the great activist and writer and, uh, who's been in jail before because of her activism (laughs) and Aretha Franklin bailed her out. Um, But she was recently interviewed at the end of last year and she spoke about this, about how, you know, uh, artists can uh, help to form and uh, motivate movements and they Mm -hmm. have in the past and they, they presently do and they will again. And so, she was almost calling out to artists to really, <laughs> mm. uh, you know, put out more stuff that is going to, it's all related, you know. Um, and I've recently also attended a couple of webinars about this too. Art with intention, you know, and I sometimes argue with my husband about this because he's like, well, artists should just be artists. They don't have to have a point. They don't have to be political. They don't have, <laughs> and sometimes I am I just say, yes, they do. Um mm. But also you're creating art when you're a musician for children, for children. So right now what I'm trying to do with this new material I'm writing is I'm trying to find levity, you know, and joy in these more serious topics um, and still hit that age range that I'm targeting, uh, which I'm, <laughs> I don't even exactly know what that is. <laughs> two to five. It's not two to five. It's probably more like six to 10, at least for this album. Mm-hmm. I think my last album, I kind of had a little bit of a combination. I'm like, well, it's a, it's a album for the whole family. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and I think different people have different opinions on that. You know, when you work in children's television, it's definitely very concrete. It has to be two to five or six yeah. to 10 because the two to five, the six to 10 is not going to want to watch what the two to five mm. uh, watches. Um, anyway, but yes, um, I do really want to find that place where I can teach a lesson, but not bang you over the head with it. There has to be some kind of humor. There has to be some kind of levity, maybe not in every song, but definitely in some of the songs on the album. Mm. But, um, but I, but I do want to create art with intention, art with, um, a call for social environmental justice. Uh, it's just something that I really feel purposeful about. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's a nice place to wrap up the interview. Um, and look, I, I think I think one of the things that's most exciting about yourself and the art you create is, I feel, despite your desperation to prove me otherwise, I think you are deeply self-aware, and I think part of that is you found yourself in this children's music genre and you've done your first album, you've found yourself in the industry and you are now looking around and going, hang on, there is 
bigger things going on here that I can be a part of and then I can contribute to and realising that there's a space to still write wonderfully fun, positive, great music while being able to speak to the most capable people in our, you know, in our, in our, in our community. Um, and I, for one, am really excited about how that comes out in the second album, because um, I think it'll be really telling as to, as, as to how you're finding yourself placed in that, in this genre and how you finding your feet or, I guess finding your independence within it, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's exciting. I'm I'm excited about it. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you are. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good that someone over here is. So that's a good start. Um, thank you so much for your time, Esther. Um, I know it's probably well, no, it's probably not bedtime. But hey, when you when you're over forty, let's face it, it's always time for bedtime. Um, <laughs> But thank you very much for yeah. Out there, so I think it's it's bedtime for my son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate you taking the time and filling us all in, and um, you know, answering the most honest way that you can. Um, I can't f- thank you enough, Benny. Um, this has been really thought provoking, and uh, yeah, it's just a really wonderful interview. So thank you. It's a pleasure. Just quickly, you don't have to answer this. How did Todd Fancy come about? What? <laughs> What's Todd Fancy? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think this is the first time ever that I've actually come up with a question that the person's going, no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you are Todd Fancy in um, in um, the new pornographer's video. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny when you said that. I was like, wait a second. I, I vaguely do. I recognize that name, but what is the, oh my goodness. So you found that. How did you find that? <laughs> well, that see now, so... if you've seen that, that was based off of, and I was asked to be in that video because of my drag character, Chip Fontaine for the electric mask. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yep. Mop top wig I have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was trying to, I was trying to find you in it. And then right at the end, I just, yeah, I, I was like, I think that's her. And then, Yes, it came up, <laughs> Esther Crow as Todd Fancy, and I went, right, there you go. Um, I misspelled my name, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay, thank you, Esther. I appreciate your time today, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Benny. If you'd like to know more about Esther, then head along to her website at www.estercrow.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-C-R-O-W.com. And of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Esther questions. Yeah.